Welcome to No Compromise, where faith and reason fuse in conversation. Hello, Johnny. Hello, my love. Hello, everyone. So what's new? Not a lot's new. <laughs> Lots of pollen. Oh, we, yeah. We've we been, complained about that before, but yes. we've been dealing with allergies well, again this week. we walk so much. Every day we walk two or three times. Mm-hmm. And today we noted that when we shook a pine branch, <laughs> clouds of pollen came flying out from it. <laughs> and it, it lingered in my nostrils <laughs> throughout the entire day. <laughs> so I've been sneezing and coughing. It's been uh, a little rough. Yeah. So Christian Atheist has been featuring a three-part interview with Dr. Paul Jung Chung. Yes. Mm-hmm. Paul Syungo Chung. Right. Syungo. <laughs> Actually, he corrected me. Paul Syungo Jung. Okay. okay. And it's not easy to say. No, it's not easy for me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And he's the host of the podcast, What Do You Mean God Speaks? And I've been listening to that as I've been sort of working on some remodeling in our house. Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely amazing what Paul has to say. Mm-hmm. And I can't encourage our listeners enough to go and listen to Paul's podcast. Yeah, you'll have the, the link in the description. Right. Yeah. I think I might have some disagreements with Paul on like policy matters. Mm-hmm. but Politics. His, yeah, on politics. Yeah. But his understanding of Christianity mm-hmm. and of God and the nature of God and our, our understanding of God is like, I wish I could say mm-hmm. oftentimes what he said in the way in and which how he, he said says it. it yeah, right. He's done an amazing job. And I can't encourage our listeners too much to listen to his podcast. Right, right. We just posted the final episode of that interview this past Monday. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And we've been getting feedback on how intellectually dense your Christian atheist episode can be at times. Yes. If many people. Yeah. If you go from the very first one through, you know, to the present. So we wanted to encourage our listeners, if you're having trouble understanding some of John's episodes, you might want to start on an episode where you started to bring things down a little bit. Right. I think this season uh-huh. in particular, anything we've made an effort to try to bring things more level to right. our listeners' understanding. Okay, so that would be beginning January 2023. So anything that, that has been posted right. starting in January would be a good place to start if you want something a little lighter yet interesting. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, last week we discussed a poem by Rudyard Kipling called The Gods of the Copybook Headings. Yes, one of my favorites. Yeah, and that... <laughs> It would be your favorite because you love depressing things. (laughs) And that ended kind of on a depressing note. And so wouldn't you say as like, because as we look around and we see the themes in the world right now that are discussed in the poem, it's all playing out. Yeah. So this week we decided to discuss another of Kipling's poems, but one that's more inspirational. Right. More upbeat. Yeah. Yes. In in fact. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I quoted this poem at my mother's funeral. Oh, yeah, so I guess I that's not real say. upbeat. Mm-hmm. But it is. I mean, my mom loved this poem. Yep. And that's the reason I quoted it at her funeral. Mm-hmm. But it is an amazing poem that talks about a lot of the themes that we talked about last week. Yeah. But develops them in a positive way. Right. And tries to encourage the new generation to rise up to the ideals. Right. 
that traditional society has advanced exactly. as the proper way to live as a human being. Right. So that you don't get into the cycle of the copybook headings. Right. You also recited it to your mom as she as she was laying there dying. That's right. I mm -hmm. remember that. I had forgotten that. Yeah. She was not very conscious. Right. She had had a stroke mm -hmm. and was lying in the bed, and then I quoted it to her again there. And mm -hmm. she had said before to me that it was one of her favorites, and she loved hearing it. Yeah, I think and it was really good of you to do that. It was a delight to be able to say it to her, to quote it to her mm -hmm. from memory <laughs> right. while she was lying there in bed before right. she died and that week. Your mom was 94? 94 years old, away, right? yes. And she had held out to the very last to see you come back to the Lord. I think so. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, we talked about with that about that with my brother Ned. Mm -hmm. It's like that's one of the things he talked about and said that she had lamented. Why doesn't God bring him back? What's mm -hmm. the problem? And for twenty five years, twenty five years she, she waited, watched patiently. Yep. And right. I know my mother. Yeah. <laughs> she prayed continuously for it and had others engaged in the process too. Mm -hmm. And when she saw it, I think she was like. She okay. had enough. Yep. I'm done now. Exactly. God has answered my prayers. Right. And you were the baby of the family. Yep. So she had she lived to see you come back to the Lord. Yes. Good. Okay. So let's do a little background information on this poem that we're going to talk about. Now, first of all, the poem is called If. If. It's a very short title for a very long sentence. Because <laughs> that's, that's right. all the poem is. Because the whole poem is. is one long sentence, isn't it? <laughs> so... Of course, we said it was written by Rudyard Kipling. It was written around 1895-ish. Yes, it's one of his most famous poems. Right. And it was first published in Rewards and Fairies in 1910. Yeah. So it was written 15 years before it was actually published. A tribute to Leander Starr Jameson. Do you know who that is? I have no idea. Right. He was a politician. He was known for the Jameson Raid. Okay. It was a failed raid in South Africa to overthrow the Boer government. Okay. That's what it was written as a tribute to. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And it was an example of Victorian era stoicism. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what is Victorian era stoicism, you ask? I do. It's that stiff upper lip self-discipline. British notion right. of the stiff upper lip, yes. Right. And that, I mean, that's what this is. It yeah. certainly is that, for sure. And, and, and in if, it's like every line is like a copybook heading, pretty much. You could... Children could copy it off. That's true. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, this is not far from what we did last week. The gods of the copybook headings mm -hmm. are instantiated in the poem right. If. Right. Right. This is how to live if you want to live a virtuous life. Right, right. So it's a, basically a copybook heading. Right. <laughs> it's written in the form of paternal advice to a son. Right. Right. Yeah. So I always remember this poem being used in our English books. When I was teaching the kids, it was always a fun way to introduce sentences because, like I, like we said, the, the poem is just one long run-on sentence. Yes. <laughs> and it is a long sentence. Right. And they always contrasted it to Jesus's, the, the shortest verse Jesus in the Bible. Wept. Right. <laughs> and then they would introduce sentence writing. Yes. In, in those two extremes. Right. <laughs> okay. So should we start reading it? Yeah. Just one quick point that in investigating last week for the poem, The Gods of the Copybook Headings, mm -hmm. after we did the podcast, I came across a quote That's right. from Rudyard Kipling. 
in which he talked about That's his right. own faith position. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting. It was interesting. And I thought, oh, wow, maybe we ought to do Roger Kipling again this week so that I can use this quote. <laughs> right, right. So go ahead. Rudyard Kipling, in 1908, said about himself well, hold on. that this he was, was two years before this poem was written. Before it was written, okay, yes. Okay, go ahead. He said about himself that he was quote a God-fearing Christian atheist. <laughs> and there we go, yeah. Christian atheist. Yeah, that's so, not even where you got this from. It's not where I got it mm-hmm. from, but it's interesting as we've explored the territory over the years mm-hmm. as we've developed our understanding of things in the Christian atheist and explored and developed and progressed towards our understanding of things through our podcasting, the various ways in which the notion of Christian atheist has been realized. Mm -hmm. And to find it here in Rudyard Kipling, I think is fascinating. He himself, I think, would probably have identified in a certain way as an atheist. Yeah. And yet, as an atheist, he held on to all the, tr- the traditional views of Christians. Right, right. And so a Christian atheist is exactly right for who Rudyard Kipling was. Right, 115 years ago. Yeah. And it's interesting because the new atheists want to hold on to all the Christian values, but they want to pretend that they're not. Not believers in God. <laughs> yeah, it is not, Yeah, but he was, he was willing to admit both. Right. I'm an atheist. But at the same time, I agree with these Christian... Right. These these structures that hold Western society together. Right, right. And I find that fascinating. Yeah, and you respect that. I I respect it Mm -hmm. immensely. Right. And if you, as our listeners, would go to the discussions between Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson, those... Debates? Those debates between the two of them, you find these things going back and forth. Mm -hmm. And that's actually where I took the notion of Christian Christian atheist atheist. and built our podcast on explicitly that foundation. Right. But the new atheists, I see them as people tearing down Christianity while benefiting from living moral lives as Christian, not as Christians, but as... (laughs) pseudo Christians. Right. So I what I'm trying to say is I don't have respect for them. I do have respect for Rudyard Kipling. Yes. In the wisdom that he found and right. all of that. Yeah. Right. Okay, so I'll start reading the poem. If by Rudyard Kipling. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise. Yeah. So that's the introduction to the poem. Mm -hmm. So I've always liked the phrase, Mm -hmm. if you can make allowance for their doubting. Right. Because we human beings <laughs> you know, it's hard. tend to get overconfident mm-hmm. in the things that we believe and don't listen right. to what others have to say right. to us. And that's the danger. Mm-hmm. Because we are inadequate in ourselves. We really are. Mm-hmm. And all through Proverbs, it talks about that. We human beings need to have opposition in order to even understand our own side of things. And this is one of the fundamental lessons 
to be learned from someone like Jonathan Haidt. Mm -hmm. And I think Jonathan Haidt is one of the great heroes in our Western culture today because he is someone of the left who is willing to listen to the right. And that is almost completely unheard of Mm -hmm. because in today's world, if you are on the right, you are simply to be denied, to be destroyed, and to be undercut. Right. There is nothing of value that you have to offer. This is the fundamental structure that we're dealing with in today's world. Okay, so I'll go on to the next section. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same, If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools. You know, this Mm -hmm. is a phrase, or this is a series of phrases from this poem that almost reduces me to tears. Because I do think of my mother Uh in this instance. She gave her life to her god mm-hmm. and she her saw things fall, and her family right and she saw things fall apart all the right. time and she never stopped you me myself right and no, now you fell away from the lord i fell away from god for 25 years she saw yep. that yep and she stooped and built them up with worn out tools mm-hmm. My mother felt always inadequate to everything that she did. Mm -hmm. She felt stupid. She felt incapable of doing all the things that God gave her. Mm -hmm. And yet, my mother was one of those people who held on to God and truth and never let go, Mm -hmm. even in spite of the fact that she understood she couldn't do it, but she gave it into God's hands and kept hoping. Right. Right. And she stooped and gave herself over and over again. She never stopped pursuing her God and the good of everyone in her life. Right. Which and, showed uh, her faith because faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Right. Yeah. Without a doubt. And that's why I think when she saw that you and I had found life together, mm-hmm. And that through you, I had found Christ again. Right. She was done. Right. And I I mean, I literally think at that point, she just said, thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. Right. Take me now. Right. And that's what happened. I remember the last time I saw her, well, I had covered her up and put her to bed. Mm. We had come home from the doctor and she said she was tired and I put her into bed and I said goodnight to her. You never told me that. Mm-hmm. That was mm. the last time. And then the next time I saw her, she was in the hospital. Yeah. Unconscious because of the stroke. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. Hmm. And that was the end. My mother, it's weird because when I lost my father, I mm-hmm. mourned him. Right. And I didn't with my mom. Mm-hmm. I remember, I, you, think... I remember we had trouble because every time we talk about her funeral, we would call it a wedding. <laughs> we say your mom's wedding. I mean funeral. <laughs> but it was a wedding. It was. It really was because mm-hmm. my mom believed like no one I know, mm-hmm. other than you maybe. She knew her Lord and she loved her Lord. And I don't mourn my mother. 
because I know she is in the arms of Jesus and she is happy in a way that she right. never was here. Right. But she was happy here too. She was happy. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, she's way more happy now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's um complete. Yep. Right. And she's she's received things that she's hoped for. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's move on to the next section. If you can make one heap by the way, before I go on, I'm thinking <laughs> I think we should have done this episode for Mother's Day. Oh, we probably should have <laughs> it done it. It would have been a good Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Yes. But it's okay because Mother's Day was last weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss. Okay, so I'm going to go on now. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss, if you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. Yeah, I love these Mm -hmm. words. Mm-hmm. Because it's that notion of never giving up, yeah, of holding on to what we've called fundamental faith in the yeah. Christian atheist, yeah, that God is good, and that He asks us to do things for right. Him, and that as long as we give our all to God, yeah, that's all we can yeah, do. And we say, when everything drops out, we say, though He slay me, yet I trust Him. Yeah. That's all I have left. And whatever God asks, he gives us the resources to do it. Right. And therefore, what we must do is simply with every fiber of our being, give ourselves to what God has given us to do. No matter how difficult, we just hold on. Right. Even when we're down to the last of our strength. Right. And our fingers are slipping. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what God has called us to. And so hold on when there's nothing in you. Except the will. Except the will to say that, which says to them, hold on. Yes. And there are moments, I think, in our lives when that's exactly how we feel. Mm -hmm. We've got nothing left except the mere will that God has given us to hold on in this life. Right. For what he's promised. Right. And that's it. Right. We hold on. There's nothing wrong with that either. No. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Just think of your children when your children are at their wit's end (laughs) and there's nothing left in them and they look up to you with their eyes and they they have nothing left except you. Mm. Well, that's what what God thinks. Mm -hmm. And that is the most noble of things in, Mm -hmm. in humanity. Yep. Right? When everything has failed and we look at the character of the people Mm -hmm. that are holding on with every last fiber of their strength Mm -hmm. to the goodness of God and what he's given, that's all there is in this life because it's a hard life. Right. And God never promised us that everything was going to go perfectly. But, But with the holding on, you find out that you never really had to hold on. Because the Bible says, I've graven you upon the palms of my hands. My walls are continually around you. And and underneath are the everlasting arms. Yes. And so he's right there. Yeah. And you never really had to hold on. He was right there the whole time. And yet, you know, we look at people and we see 
that incredible strength that comes mm -hmm. from faith. Mm -hmm. And that's the only place it comes from. Yep. Eventually, you've got to get to the point where you're just saying, it's in God's hands. Right. He's given me what strength I have. I'll use it until it fails. Mm -hmm. But in the end, right. it is his arms that I fall into, his hands that are holding me. And when the time comes that I slip, that's the proper time. Right. And then things are done. Mm -hmm. And God's will be done. Right. Okay, so I'll read the last bit. Okay. You ready? Okay, if you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Yeah, I love those words. Mm -hmm. Because the virtues of manhood in our world today mm -hmm. are so undercut yeah, and so undervalued. Mm -hmm. We talk about toxic masculinity. toxic masculinity. Right. Instead of being a man. Right. Of being strong. Of representing God to your culture. Right. To standing for truth. Right. All of those things have been undercut upon. in our culture. Right. And the beauty of if is that each man should be saying to his son, this is what you want to be. This is the way, walk ye in it. This is the way, walk ye in it. Mm -hmm. This is what God calls us to, the ideal, the perfection. Right. No, we'll never attain it, but this is what we strive right. for. Right, I was just going to say, that's what you put on your... <laughs> on your refrigerator and you, <laughs> and you you continually come back to it yes and, yeah when i was when i was a teenager i remember i was in the optimist international club <laughs> <laughs> and we had the optimist international creed and i remember posting it on my wall and continually going back to it and trying to organize it in a way that i could live out so much of it at a time yep <laughs> but we don't hear much about this notion of giving ourselves and giving our all right. to the projects that God has given us. Right. We live in a world today in which being brave is utterly undercut. Mm -hmm. We're not even mm -hmm. supposed to stand up for what we think, no. let alone speak it. And I am so to... sickened by that. Right. We're just supposed to swim with the fish. Swim with the Swim, swim with, with the, the fishes. Yeah. Swim with the current mm -hmm. and don't oppose it. Right. Well, damn it, if we don't oppose it at this point, if we don't stand up to what's going on, we're losing everything. Right. And a shame mm -hmm. will fall on us when we stand before our Savior and we say to him, yeah, I didn't do what you asked me to do, but I'd still like for you to be good to me. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's pathetic. Right. God calls us to better. Right. And it's time we stand up, took a position, and stop being little babies and little girls in our culture and be men. 
I'm so sick of this culture. I'm so sick of this time period. It is driving me insane. It is driving me to an early grave. And I don't care. I will stand up. I will make my voice heard. And please, please, please make your voice heard. We We have to turn this culture around. We have to stand up to this idiocy, this irrationality, and turn our culture back to the God who made us, to the Savior who redeemed us, because he deserves everything. He's called us to the highest ideals, and it's time we return to those ideals and start living them and speaking them to our world, or it's our fault. Right. That our world goes down. And give us a worthy opponent. <laughs> I don't want to go, I don't want my generation to go down my generation of Christians to go down saying we fought gender We we, we fought the battle to make the distinction between men <laughs> and women real. When when my when my grandparents fought but real evil in the world. Yeah, World War Two. It's like, yeah, we're fighting the Nazis. And what are we fighting? We're fighting Gender ideology. Right, right. Oh, it's pathetic. Yeah, it is pathetic. <laughs> okay. So it's been a short one, John, but it's been a good one. Yes. I do love the poem If. Yes. It's a and I would love to poem. recite it at someone else's. Funeral? Um, <laughs> funeral. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> At someone else's occasion. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Okay, so that's about it for this week. We wanted to give you something encouraging after last week's discouraging. Yeah, well, I guess I've made it discouraging, too, in my own way. No, you didn't. Okay. No, you didn't at all. (laughs) You uh, rallied everybody. I hope so. Yeah, that's very important. Okay, so the link to read the Gods of the Copybook headings and if is in the description. And if you don't have time to read both and would like to listen to them, John does a great job reading them on YouTube, which reminds me, there's something you said that reminded me of how we would love to get this message out. You know, how you were just saying about how we need to get the message out and we need to stand up we'd mm-hmm. love to stand up and then we go on youtube and we get 15 views in 48 hours yeah it's and become that, clear i think to jenny the, and i both yeah. that youtube is systematically shutting us down right because we we were having almost oh, 700 800 hits a day no every 48 oh, every 48 hours, hours. Yeah, that's yeah. right sorry and now it's down to 15 like or 15. 20 right and it, it's we have no idea what happened. Yeah. So um, pray for us. Yeah. Folks. Yeah, exactly. That the word would get out. So next Monday, I'm not sure what you're doing for the Christian atheist. I have a feeling you're going to be doing posting an interview that you're having with a friend. Okay. We but might I'm do not that. sure. <laughs> or we might be doing the latest update on the. Oh, the cursed tablet. The cursed That's tablet right. Do you want to talk a little Mountie bit about Ball. that real, real quick? Since we have lots of time? No, I've actually got a plan Mm -hmm. to do, and it might be a two-part episode. Yeah. In which we deal with C.S. Lewis's 
modern theology and biblical criticism okay. essay. Okay. And one of our listeners, the Mad Scott, <laughs> who has <laughs> made right. a point, and the publication of the of the scholarly paper on the Mount Ebal defixio. Yeah. Right, so it's sort of those three things together. So you mix all three together yes. into one Christian atheist. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, so, it just—it's just like all of those converged at just the right at, at just, just the, the right same time. time. Not, right. I wouldn't say at the right time, but just the same time. Right. So you're taking advantage of it. Right. <laughs> so it always seems that God is directing the things that we're doing. Yeah, that's for sure. And I this see has that certainly been the case with this one. Mm -hmm. I see that in your life all the time. Okay, so. That's what the Christian atheist might be next week. Either that or the interview. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> <Ta -da! laughs> okay, so if you're interested in knowing more about the Christian atheist, John Wise, Dr. John Wise, why not check out the link to John's book in the description, Through the Looking Glass, The Implosion of an Atheist Professor's Worldview. Ta -da! <laughs> and as always, if you have the means, why not buy us a cup of coffee? There's a link for that in the description. And we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. I hope we were an encouragement to you this week. I know listening to John this week was an encouragement to me. And we appreciate you so much. And hope you have a great rest of your week. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, my love. Thank you, John. And I love you. I love you. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening, and remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.